0: The viewpoints expressed on Night Fright are not necessarily those of the host, the staff, the sponsors, or the affiliate stations. Tonight's program may contain graphic themes or images. Viewer discretion is advised. There is a t- Time. welcome to the show, I'm Brent Holland, welcome one and all to Night Fright. Get the coffee going, get the tea going, get a beverage of your choice going, and we're having a great show tonight. You know, there's a storm coming in, it looks like we're going to get some rain, and it's a good night to settle in, kick back in your most comfy chair. We're going to be looking at a new book called Never Argue with a Dead Person, and it's true and unbelievable stories from the other side. Our guest tonight is Thomas John. He's a Manhattan medium. Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thank you for having me. Let's jump in right away, shall we? Now, what inspired you to write a book that never argue with a dead person? Sounds like an odd little title for a book. I'm trying to think what a dead person on the other side and me on this side could have something to argue over.
1: <laughs> well, um, I wrote the story. I mean, I wrote the book. It's a, a collection of stories. Uh, from my work as a psychic medium. and so i I put together stories that I thought were uh, fascinating, interesting, have universal messages um, from people on the other side. and the the meaning of the title really is that um, a lot of people, when they hear about people who have passed away coming through, you know, they might be fearful or they may question that or maybe they may not believe in it. And so the 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 i the premise of it was to you know don't argue with it don't fight it don't you know just kind of embrace it for what it is and that's kind of where the title comes from
0: what kind of things come in and how can you recognize them
1: when you mean when I'm connecting with people that have passed over like what ah. types of stuff comes up right. well all sorts of things um, you know a lot of times the messages are about uh validation appreciation um it might be the person on the other side wanting to uh share something that they didn't get to say before they passed it may be something about you know something that they're learning on the other side or something that they've gained some knowledge in on the other side that they didn't know about uh when they were in the physical so the the messages really vary from uh you know, they, they they vary from person to person. It depends on you know what what it what is being asked and what the connection is like for each for each person. Can you give us some examples? Well, um, for example, in the in the, in the book, um, you know, there's a story about a man, for example, who uh, comes to talk about his mother, and she died under unusual circumstances. She was actually living with his sister and. Um, the sister, um, was kind of, you know, bipolar and a little bit crazy and she ended up uh, unintentionally killing the mother. I mean, she, she pushed the mother in a, in a fit of rage and the mother was elderly and she ended up crossing over. And so the brother had, was left and had a lot of guilt here. So, um, you know, that would be one example. There's also a story in there about a little boy who connects with his mother, um, he had passed away under some unusual circumstances and she had some questions about that and so um, he he made made a connection um, with her and 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 there's a lot of stories too that also um some of which haven't in the book i've had celebrities come from the other side and, and reach out to their loved ones and so there's a lot of um there's a there's a there's a lot of different ways they communicate and a lot of the messages can be, you know, very different from time
0: to time. Thomas, when you say that celebrities come to you, do you reach out to them and set? Like, do you have to be in a certain frame of mind to clear your mind to allow them to come through to you? How does that process work for you?
1: Uh, well, um, you know, people that are well-known celebrities, um, they are like everybody else who's a spirit. So one of the things is. Um, spirits are very connected to certain places. So if there's places that they lived, or places that they have been before, or places that were significant to them, they may um, they'll feel connected there, and, and that might be a good place to connect with them. A lot of times, too, I've read for people who had a personal connection with this with a celebrity. So I've read people that are in the royal family that have wanted to connect with Princess Diana. I've read people who are writing an autobiography of a certain celebrity and want to fill in the blanks on a certain part of the story. So um, there either has to be sort of either a personal connection or there has to be at least a personal connection to the, you know, the, the, the place that they, ha- they are or something like that. Can you give us some examples, some of the celebs? Um, well, John F. Kennedy, a JFK, um, and Jackie Kennedy. I've done uh, channeling sessions with both of them multiple times. What did they have uh, to say? Huh? What did they have to say? Well, um, you know, some of it is is I'm actually working on a second book about celebrities on the other side. So that'll that'll be part of my second book. One of the things that I was fascinated to under, to, know, to know that I was told um by the spirit of Jackie Kennedy was that she um knew about things that were going on with uh, JFK's assassination. And that she knew um, that there were going to be there was a she had a level of involvement of in in it, and so I thought that that was fascinating. And um, I've had other celebrities come through, um, and you know, Anna Nicole, Whitney Houston. Um, So I I have had different celebrities for different circumstances come through. Either somebody had a personal connection, or um, you know, for you know, working on a project related to them. If they know that there's a connection point for them they will, you know, they'll choose to utilize that and step forward. Mm -hmm. What,
0: can you describe a process? Somebody comes to you and they ask you to reach out to a loved one. Does it ever work in reverse where somebody comes to you from the other side and then you have to find the loved one?
1: Um, yes. I mean, I, I would say that, um, Yes. I mean, there's definitely an example of that in the book with the little boy that comes through because he was actually bothering me throughout the week and through leading up to me being in a store. And he ended up, you know, he he kept coming, trying to come through in different readings and different people's experiences. He was almost like interrupting. And finally, it was that I figured out who he, you know, kind of who he went to. And, um, so, so that was, that was pretty cool. I didn't know who, I didn't know who he went to. And then finally he made a connection that it was his mom in the store. So it was actually him reaching out, you know, me, not the other way around. So, um, I would say that's one example, but sometimes they do interrupt or try to, you know, try to connect in and, and, and they can be a little bit disruptive. That definitely happens from time to time.
0: Can you give us uh, a little bit of the example of the uh, what the child said to you?
1: Well, in that story, um, the, the 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 mother was going through a lot of um, um, uh, was going through a lot of d- drama. She was having a lot of personal uh, issues. Um, she was actually getting uh, uh, through a divorce, and she had had another kid that she. Um, didn't you know? Did she didn't know if her if her son knew about that or not? And, and and who had passed away her young son. So she wanted to connect with him and ask him if he you know did he know about that? Did he know that she had gone and have another child after she after he had passed away? So um, that was that was pretty meaningful for her. And basically, it was just a very touching moment for her. It was a very touching experience for her. And it, it made, it just changed, really changed her life in a way because she didn't really believe in the afterlife. So to have her son um, come through and connect with him uh, and connect with her, it really, it meant a lot to her. Does your voice
0: change at all when
1: when you're channeling? No, no, I, I, I don't do anything. Nothing changes with my voice. Um, it's more, I receive information more clairvoyantly. Um, Claire claircognizant. Claire cognizance. So I will see things, feel things, uh, hear things. Um, I will be told certain things. Um, I will get images in my head. Um, I will do some automatic writing and get some Im- and get some images, ideas that way. So um, but nothing no, nothing changes with my voice. Okay. Could you describe to the audience what automatic writing is? So automatic writing is a process where I take a you know just a notebook or a piece of paper and i um, I meditate for a, a while. and when I feel like I'm in a in a certain calm vibrational state, I will start to write things. And um usually it's in a in a place where it's not really conscious to me. So it's not like I'm journaling. Because I don't really, I don't really pay attention to what I'm actually writing. It just kind of is spontaneously coming to me, and uh, as I'm writing stuff, I just, I could might two or three or four pages and several pages, and then after I go back through it, there's certain things that make sense that I can sort of take from that. There might be sentences. Some of it might be. Kind of um, uh, but it's basically a non-conscious form of writing and, and, and basically there might be parts of it that are sort of don't make a lot of sense or don't aren't really clear, but then there'll be sentences or words that are really clear and so I use that to, as usually as a starting point before I do a, a reading for someone.
0: Do you ever use your opposite hand that uh, your non-dominant
1: hand for when you're writing like that? I have done that before. I I, I have done that before, um, just because I do think it takes me a little bit out of the experience a little bit more. Um, I have done that. And I would say normally, um, normally as of late, I don't do that because I've gotten better about not controlling the information. But when I was first starting, I would do that a lot.
0: Okay. And uh, you write that in one particular haunting story. Uh, with the help of a murder victim, you solved a case that had baffled the police. Can you tell us about that?
1: Well, that was a man. I, I normally don't do um, police work or 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 murder cases um, or missing persons' cases. I have done some, but I have a rule um, that I don't do that type of stuff unless there's a law enforcement agency that's actually involved. And the reason that I do that is because um you know sometimes obviously the family can be involved. And so I don't really want to you know get you know I don't want to take uh a side. So I normally will only work on a a crime case if there's a law enforcement in involved. And if there's a law enforcement per people involved, I will I and they ask me or invite me into the case or if I feel I have information um, I will present it to them or if I get asked and so this was a, an exception to the situation because I'm, it wasn't really it didn't really start off as a crime situation. A man had reached out to me and wanted me to connect with his wife he wanted um, he wanted me to actually go to their home so I could really feel the energy of um, their home and he um, and so he invited me to his home and I went there. And it was really under the purposes of of channeling her, though he had some suspicions that some of her thing, some of the ways in which she had passed were were um, unusual. Um, some of the things just didn't really make sense to her, and so she was trying to. He was trying to decipher fact from fiction. And um, what ended up happening was, um, as as I started to do the channeling. I discovered that she, even though it had been claimed, alleged that she had committed suicide, I, I discovered that she hadn't, um, I didn't think that she had committed suicide, or if she did, I thought it was under a tremendous amount of pressure from an outside source. And um, what we ended up uncovering um, was some journals um, that she had kept that her husband never knew about. She kept several journals about her relationship with some people in the community. And it turns out that her father had been a prominent political figure in the area and had been a very corrupt man and um, had done a lot of had done a lot of damage um, and then died. And she, in an effort to kind of save and preserve his memory, had done some covering up of things on her own, and some people were sort of utilizing that information to blackmail her and try to extort her for money. And she was trying to keep this all under wraps, even from her husband. And so she wasn't sharing anything with him either. And um, you know they, they and so it, and it ended up that we had enough of bizarre evidence of, of something going on that we were able to actually go to the district attorney and the police office, uh, the police station and, um, well, the police station who then went to the district attorney to, uh, present that there had maybe been some pe- people who should have some charges put against them for, um, you know, different extortion and, um, conspiracy and stuff. So it was pretty fascinating. Um, it was a fascinating thing to go through. And, um, and especially with him, you know, getting some closure because he knew that his wife just hadn't gone home one day and committed suicide. I mean, he knew that there was something more to it. So that was, that was pretty, that was pretty helpful to him just because it gave him so much personal closure.
0: The people that were involved in the murder, were they uh, subsequently charged and incarcerated?
1: Well, um, unfortunately, you know, there's, you know, the legal system is not a perfect system. In America, and so the the um, the information we got, we came very close to some charges being placed, very close, um, but nothing was ever fully prosecuted. And actually, two of the people involved ended up passing away before um, be, before anything could really be put against them. Um, they had ended up dying of some you know some natural cause or something so um no but it it gave him enough closure um to move on with his life to know the true answer and it also um it helped the law enforcement agency a lot lot too because they were able to look into other things that these people might have done and also to look into some of their ways of evaluating an event like this because they sort of missed a couple of key things Okay. So you must have felt pretty good about that, being able to help out in that sense. Well, I think that when any time that there can be closure for someone, it's a nice feeling to be a part of that, yeah. Okay.
0: Has there ever been anything that's come through that hasn't been so pleasant? You know, you say never argue with a dead person. (laughs) Has there been some grumpy spirits that have come through that are just looking for an argument?
1: Um you know, I think on the other side, everybody has a different developmental stage over there. So everybody is a little bit different. Everybody, the, the all the spirits are different personality-wise. And, um, you know, some are more evolved than others. So there certainly have been spirits that were, you know, were confusing or or, uh, or the way they gave information or the way they said things was maybe a little bit harsh. Um I don't really work with like negative spirits, so I've never had anything like that. Like, uh, luckily enough, um, but yeah, I mean, every spirit is different because every relationship is different. So it, it's always different the way the information comes through, how they want to word it, etc. Um, you know, et cetera.
0: Have you ever put off telling people information?
1: I don't really put off telling people information because I really have a relationship with the spirit world where I tell them that if they have something to share with me, um, then they need to make sure before they share something with me that it's appropriate to tell this person that. So if, if they share some sort of health information or death information or something like that, I ask that the person be prepared to hear that, and if they're not, for whatever reason, then I don't want to be told about that. So by and large, you know, the spirits respect those rules and, um, you know, they work with me within that framework.
0: When a person comes to you and their parent, their child, I guess it must be terrible when it's a child. What is the main purpose for coming to you? Is it to make a connection to know that the person who has passed away is okay on the other side?
1: A lot of it is closure. Um, yeah, no, knowing that there is um, knowing that there is something on the other side, um, getting some answers, you know, sometimes, um, you know sometimes people don't, you know, they just don't have the right answers and they need to have some closure on why something happened, or why a person decided to pass at a certain time or why a person was a certain way in a certain time period in their life. So there's all sorts of different ways why, some, why somebody, you know, will come through. And, um, but by and large, I would say, yeah, it's a lot of, um, you know, insight, and a lot of it is about closure. A lot of it is closure and getting some answers um, about what transpired in that person's life. Do people want a sustained conversation?
0: In other words, will they try and sustain a conversation through you with the other side two months, three months, a year? Is that possible?
1: Um, So you mean, will they keep coming back to me like? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I have had spirits that sort of stay with me that that definitely has happened. Um, I would say that it's not not necessarily a common thing, um but I have had spirits that they they want to stick with me and they feel like they they form a relationship with me and they just feel connected to me and they want to they want to keep that rapport going. I have had that happen before um like i said it's it's probably it's not a really a common thing, but it does happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there a point in a situation like that where the spirit will say, okay, that's enough, now I have to move on? Something along those lines?
1: Yeah, I mean, that definitely happens. Um, I I think that um, sometimes it's just to the point where they have said everything that they need to say. Mm -hmm. um, and, And spiritually, it doesn't make sense for them to continue to come through with sort of the same information and, and such. So that, 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 that's a common thing. Um, sometimes it's just that it it would almost be like they would be holding the person back in the physical if they kept doing that. So I I do notice that sometimes, um, or I, I would even say pretty frequently that spirits sort of You know, they say their piece and, um, you know, they say what they, you know, whatever, you know, what they needed to say and they sort of, they, they, they move on. Some spirits, you know, they, they keep coming because they, um, you know, either they find that connection so meaningful or they, um, they, it's helping their soul still. Every time they connect, it helps their soul and helps the other person. It helps the living person's soul and helps the person who's crossed over on the other side soul evolution as well, too. So it's usually a positive thing, but anytime it gets to be almost like a codependent thing, they will they will sort of pull back on it.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Has this been a curse for you or a blessing?
1: Um you know, I would say both. I I wouldn't maybe say the word curse, but I know where you're going with that. I mean, sometimes it is challenging. I think that the big thing is there can be, you know, there's so much grief that comes with it. And so sometimes it's hard to be around all that. And, um, also sometimes it, it definitely can be a little bit disruptive to my life as well. And so, uh, sometimes, um, I it, it can be draining energetically it can be very draining Um so but I would say by and large it since it helps so many people I find it to be a blessing and I find that people can really be helped by it I you know I, sometimes I think it really puts people on a certain path and it really awakens them and so in that way it certainly has been a blessing and I'm able to give insight you know either into my own life or to other people's lives or you know people who matter to me still so, all that is a positive, I think.
0: Have you been ostracized or cursed at by religious fanatics for your abilities?
1: Yeah, I mean that happens quite frequently. Um, and uh, and my answer to that is sort of twofold, which is one is, you know, I don't try to I don't try to can, not like someone who, tries to force skeptics to believe it or, or, or people. I, I feel that it's one of those things that. People come to the work when they are ready for it and people come to the work when they feel ready for it and when they're able to, you know, get the, when they're able to open their hearts to it and that it's not for everybody. Maybe some people, you know, some people just maybe don't understand it or some people just don't feel connected to it. Um, And that's okay. There's certain things and causes and things in the world that, that I may not feel connected to. So I do respect that. Um, You know, and occasionally people reach out with their opinions and stuff like that. Again, I don't don't think I'm here to – I'm not here to ever convince anyone. I just sort of do what I do, and I don't really think much more of it.
0: You know, there's probably a lot of young kids listening right now. Two questions. When did you become aware of your gift, and how would you coach younger people? Because I'm sure there was a lot of – self-doubt perhaps for you in the beginning when you became aware Mm -hmm. of this and questioning that on different Um, well how would you coach the younger folks that are becoming aware of their abilities right now and when did you become aware
1: well I became aware of them when I was about four years old I I talk uh, talk about it in the book that I actually started to see my grandfather um, who had passed and he started to visit me and started to give me messages and um, And this was my father's father, and he started to tell me things to then go tell my father, um, who was at first scared by it and then comforted by it. But that was something that was very real that happened to me. Um, And one thing I would say is I I do feel that it's getting better. I do feel that people are getting more receptive of it. I do think that people are getting more open towards it. I do think people are, are getting more... Um, feeling more connected to it. I do think that people are being less are, are less judged for it. So all that is certainly a positive. I think that that's all a positive. Um, one thing I would say is to surround yourself with like-minded people, surround yourself with people who um, believe in this type of thing, who will support you, who are not there to judge you. Um, and if you can do that, then, you know, you should be able to move forward in this quite a way. Find a mentor. Um, And I also tell people, anybody who wants to develop their intuition or their gift, that you need to learn to meditate and you need to learn to pray. And those are very important parts of that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, and, and people can come into this gift at any age. It's one of those things that, you know, some people come into it later in life. Some people come to it. Um, very early in life. Some people are born with it. Sometimes it happens because of a traumatic experience. There's all certain different ways that people step into this work.
0: Has there ever been any spirits that you certainly didn't want anything to do with as an extension of that? Are there demons out there that you should be cognizant of?
1: You know, I personally don't do any work with demons. And I personally, when people say demons, maybe I'm just uneducated. But I don't really know what people mean by that to me. I, I don't know what a demon is. Um, I know people use that word. I know that it has certain connotations. I personally don't believe in demons because I, I don't, I, like I said, I don't understand what they how they function and what they consist of. I do believe that there are spirits that, for whatever reason, can sometimes wreak some havoc into our lives. I think there are spirits that get trapped on the earth and get confused, and then can cause chaos. I, I certainly believe that. Mm. I think that's very true. Um, I also think that that stuff is more unlikely. I think it's. I think it's more. It's not as likely um, as people think. A lot of people like to attribute a lot of meaning to that. And I don't necessarily believe that it's as frequent as people think. But I I do think there are lower vibration, you know, spirits that are out there. Sure.
0: Have you ever walked into a place and just felt, because this has happened to me, and I'm sure it's quite common for most people, you just get a a bad vibe. There's a 60s term. (laughs) You just get a bad, bad vibe from a place. Right.
1: As I said, I'm I'm clear feeling and clairsentient. So a lot of times... I will feel energy from people, places, or things. I will feel, um, you know, I I will feel the past of a place. I will feel the present of a place. I will feel if something's energetically, you know, if something's kind of out of order. I will, I I can feel all that. So that's definitely happened to me uh, many, many, that's happened to me many times.
0: Have any of the spirits that have been in contact with you ever mentioned a god-like figure? Perhaps a, a Jesus or uh, perhaps a Buddha even or, or something along that?
1: Yeah, a lot of times they define it more as a team. So I, I hear a lot about um, you know, ascended master teams. I hear a lot about teams of guides. I hear a lot about teams of... Um, you know, s- uh, spirits that are there to, that are that come in a group to meet someone, or what I hear about. Um, but I and I and I hear also more that the judgment of this type of stuff, you know, somebody judging someone for you know for their mistakes here on Earth. I've been told a lot of times that that comes in, from an internal place. That's more of a place. Um, It's not from an external, you know, God, so to speak, but it's more from an internal place of what we know to be true in our soul that we then have to, you know, we then have to evaluate if we did a good or a bad job here.
0: Do you fear death now or has that changed at all?
1: You know, I think that, um, you know, I don't, you know, I think with my work I have a greater understanding of death. I, I feel like with everybody there's an there is still no matter how much research is done it's it's that one thing that nobody will know until they experience it. It's nothing that you can experience on the earth. So it's in a sense an undefinable experience. So in that way, you know, I think it's I think that it's a little bit sometimes I I it's a little bit daunting to think about. I don't I don't find that I'm scared by death.
0: You know, you're doing a lot of good work to help a lot of people. Um, how would somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to reach through you to a loved one?
1: Um, so I have a website, it's mediumthomas.com, and they would go on there and request an appointment. Um, I have quite a longer waiting list. Um, but they would go. They would go on, and do, you know, at request performance is very easy. I also have other ways to experience the work too. So I have a live stream series, um, video series where I do some readings, a lot of radio shows that I'll do. So there's other things I do to sort of keep opportunities open for people. But that would be the main way.
0: Okay, that's good to know. Now, in your book, this latest book, not to argue with it, where did that title come from? Not to argue with a dead
1: person? Um, it came from one of the stories because it was a story where someone was trying to prove the dead person wrong and they turned out the dead person turned to be right. And so somebody in the story said, never, you know, well, I guess you should never argue with a dead person. Um, and it sort of evolved from there. And then I just kind of made it as a thematic part of the time. You know, I just kind of thought it was thematic of all the stories because in a lot of stories, it's the dead people kind of coming in sort of surprising the person, but being being accurate and right and helpful in their message.
0: How do you discern what is a real... Have you ever been tricked, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Has, it, has a spirit ever tried to trick you? And if so, how do you discern now what's real and what's not real in terms of a message?
1: Um, I don't think a spirit has ever really tried to trick me. I think more what happens is... When I was first doing this work, I would get very um overwhelmed by it and I would sometimes maybe let that anxiety get the better part of me and it would sort of cloud cloud the reading. Um but I don't I don't I I, I don't I've never really been um I don't think I've ever been tricked by a spirit. I also work with my own spirit guides to sort of help me make make a bridge to the to, to, to bridge the connection. And um, by doing that, I really am able to, um, you know, use a language and use guides and use spirit guides that are very familiar to me so I sort of know their language and their system for, you know, interacting.
0: Okay. The spirit guides, are they passed on loved ones for you or are they their own entities?
1: Um, it's a combination of both. I, I have worked with my grandmother who passed away, my mother's mother um she she's worked with me many times um by and large, though my spirit guides are not people that I knew in the physical. There are more people that help me from the other side that have sort of been assigned to me but i I have had and then you know sometimes I'll have for a while and then we'll kind of leave uh I've had a relative that has died that has you know I wasn't even that close to, but they'll come for a while stay with me do some guide work with me and then leave. So the, the sort of the team is always a little bit evolving.
0: Okay. Now you'd mentioned your grandmother. Did you have a strong relationship with her when she was yeah, alive? We,
1: was there a we bond We were very close, yeah. We were very close, spent a lot of time together, um, and she, she and I were very connected. And she was probably one of the first people um, that really recognized that I had a gift and recognized that I had some sort of – um, you know, ability or some sort of way of communicating um, uh, or some sort of way of tapping into this other side. So she was probably the first person that indirectly kind of recognized that. I mean, she didn't really use those types of jargon terms, but she, she definitely, um, you know, she, she knew that I had a special, you know, a gift in a way to connect to the other side.
0: I'd like to return to the Jackie Kennedy thing, if you don't mind, in JFK, because uh, I've written a book on the Kennedy assassination, and Ted uh, Sorensen, who was JFK's speechwriter, was a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if, um, in, y- in your speaking with Jackie Kennedy, uh, what that entailed and what she told you.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I did several, um, I did several um, channeling sessions with her, um, and I did them using automatic writing, and I used uh, several of her objects, you know, I used objects of hers that belonged to her that I was able to access, and I also went to places that were um, significant to her. Um, and I, I, I think I made a good connection several times. One thing that I was noticed about her that I found to be interesting, I, you know, I'd have to really go through my notes because it's been a little bit since I did the channeling session, but I, I remember that she was very, um, she was very talkative about how she did not always think that she was a good person here. Um, that she thought that she was kind of put in this certain light of being a, a person of of uh, you know Camelot and and in this sort of you know royalty almost, and that she felt that she had a lot of flaws. Um, you know she uh, I remember her also uh, talking about uh, things with her husband and and saying that um there were you know she made it seem like there were several people involved that it was sort of a coordinated effort um she um it wasn't just one you know one person who set out to do things um i, I remember her specifically bringing up a strong connection with the um with the CIA and i remember her um talking about um talking about that and i remember her um Saying that that was a that was a level of you know that that was a level of involvement, um, and I also remember um, that they were that they were involved in some level, some way, and you know I also remember her talking a lot about her personal relationship with um, with 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 JFK and saying that with a lot of the, you know, infidelity stuff that's been written about, that she did know a lot about that, and that she had a personal infidelity as well. Um, but I, 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 I thought that that was the most striking thing, is that she was almost, I felt her spirit was almost resistant to this sort of image that was portrayed of her, and she was sort of there to tell me, you know, look, I, I, I had some problems too. I wasn't a great person. I wasn't easy, you know, easy to get along with. Um, and she talked a lot about kind of like her her choice in men and and some of her decisions to be in different relationships and um, you know how she had the spirit both physical and non you know when he crossed over to to JFK but that they were never really in love in love that they were more almost like friends but it was a powerful dynamic. Um, but yeah, there was there was it was a it was a pretty fast. I also remember too when I I did a channeling um, with someone who actually was very close to um, a close male friend of John F. Kennedy Jr. and he came through with information that you know he had he had basically told me that he had accessed on the other side and basically said that he. Still felt that his death, his plane crash, was a conspiracy, and that he was targeted to to cross, you know, to 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 be killed. Um, so I thought that both of those things were were very fascinating.
0: Wow, you may be onto something there. There's a lot of you, must
1: take, a, you must take a personal interest in 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 JFK, if you your friend and stuff.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. big time. And I, I I think you're absolutely correct. Uh, the CIA was front and center especially Mm -hmm. around the assassination without question did she talk about carolyn at all
1: about about did 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 she did she come up at all
0: yeah did caroline come up
1: at all you know i don't i'd have to go back and look i don't remember a lot about her actually kind of a surprisingly not a lot about the kids um i didn't i don't remember getting a lot about her it was more about her relationship um, you know, with, with more with her relationship with JFK. And also, um, I, I, I made connection points too with, with JFK about Marilyn and asked him sort of, you know, what was the story there? And and the way he basically explained it to me, which I've come to believe just based on sort of personal research, I feel like is true. You know, his spirit told me that, you know, she wasn't killed she wasn't necessarily you know assaulted or, or 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 you know but basically things were done to sort of push her over the edge um, to make her kind of do this herself and not be prevented from ending her life and that things were then done afterwards to kind of cover it up and 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 get it so that it looked like it you know but basically it was sort of enticed into taking her own life did he have any regrets that he Gave you? You know, they sort of all did. I, I remember it sort of being a dark, really dark energy channeling, and uh, very intensive. And they talked also about some of the past life stuff, and they talked about how. Um, and it was interesting. I actually, you know, um, when, I, when I when I when I when I did these channelings, it was a couple. Like I said, couple couple of probably a couple of. Um. Years ago, but they actually told me that they had past lives in certain in certain places, and um, they one of the big things that came out is that they said that they had a past life in um, in, in they through their akashic records and stuff. They said that they had a past life in um, some of the some of the early parts of. Of Russia and, um, and and way back in the day, um, and, and and so and it was interesting because I then went and kind of looked at some of they had a lot of they were part of European royalty and so they actually told me some of the people that they were in past lives and it was interesting because when I went back and looked at some of them, um, you know the you know they. Um, they looked actually like those like actually like some of those people. Oh. So it was that I thought that was actually kind of fascinating as well.
0: Have you ever done that for yourself trying to figure out who you were in a previous life?
1: You know, it's not really a focus of mine, but I have done it. I have done it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have, um, yeah, I have, I have done it. And um I, I, not an expertise. I mean, it's hard to do a lot of this stuff, you know, for yourself, because a lot of times you, um, you know, you, you know, you, it's it's hard. Um, it's it's hard to do it for yourself because you're always biased. But um, but yeah, it was cool that I, when once I started started to research things, um, that I, you know, there was that, that I that I kind of felt like I was onto something. I mean, even with the. Um, You know, even, for example, with the JFK stuff, I, I, you know, JFK basically told me his spirit came forward and told me that, you know, the CIA, you know, had a connection to Lee Harvey Oswald, you know, way before he was assassinated and that they were sort of in, you know, there was a relationship there and that, you know, a lot of Lee Harvey Oswald's connection to the CIA was eliminated and taken away um, and, and kind of, Pushed down, and also I remember how much JFK talked about how the media played a big role in getting this to sway a certain way by by sort of you know that that the CIA and the government sort of planted a lot of stuff within the media and shut down things very strongly, um, and 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 and, and, and um, you know got rid of things that that would look you know bad or look you know some you know somehow incriminating.
0: You know, I I think you're onto something there once again, because that's certainly, in my own research, is how it played out, without question, without question at all. Um, Now, when you're dealing with spirit, is there an honesty or a love that comes through? Is it more of a feeling sometimes that comes through you for the person that, on this side that they're trying to give a message to?
1: Yeah. I mean, usually when they come through, they're very positive. You know, they usually don't come through in a way that is, um, you know, negative or trying to control or trying to punish or, or, or things like that. They usually come in through, um, in a way that, you know, is, is loving and heart centered. Mm -hmm. And, um, and very peaceful actually. So that's usually, you know, that's usually how they come through very calming. Um, sometimes, um, like I said, if they, if they're not evolved in a certain way, it might be hard for them to, to, to get there, you know, so it might take them a little bit of, uh, it might take them a little bit before they can really, really be in that loving light place but usually and you know unless they lived really really horrible lives where they were you know murderers or something like that they're usually able to you know get where they need to be and and and, and get into a peaceful place where they can then communicate in the way that's that's not based in anger or or rage but is really based in 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 you know love and light
0: in your book, Never Argue with a Dead Person, by the way, folks, you can get it at www.nightfrightshow.com. Just click on tonight's guest book covers. There will be several of them there. And that will take you right to a spot where you can order them from the comfort of your own home. In the book, Never Argue with a Dead Person, was there one story that stood out from the rest?
1: Yeah, I would say probably, you know, all of them are, are were. I, I tried to really put really fascinating ones in there so I tried not to put in any that were you know boring or or not really that you know that interesting um one one that I had in there that was um, I thought was particularly compelling was actually one where it where we where, where I was at a cocktail party not not planning on doing any readings just kind of visiting with friends and um i made a i made a friend there a, a woman and her husband and we sort of started talking about what we did and the man you could tell was very much a skeptic very closed minded didn't believe in any of this and stuff and so it was fascinating to me when his mom started to come through and she started to communicate to him and tell him things about his just his journey and and where he was at in life and things he was going through, and he really shifted his whole mindset um and he I don't think he was preparing to do that at all. I don't think he would be doing that and um he really opened up his mind and um so that was that was that was something that was really powerful um so I would say that's probably my favorite just because it shows that you know as I said before you know every work um in different ways and and everybody can come to this work sort of you know when they're when they're ready to
0: what is the main goal you feel that the spirits you know when they contact you I can understand when somebody loses a loved one on this side and they come to you but when a spirit contacts you it seems I don't know, a kind of adjust the position they could, it shouldn't really happen. Are there regrets that spirits have that they want to perhaps tell somebody on this side?
1: Oh yeah, I mean that that happens all the time because you know, again, it's a two-way communication. Okay. And really on the, and, and really on the other side, they, you know, they have to do some work too. It's like not like everybody version that i understand is you know people just don't go to the other side and and just you know sit in lawn chairs and and have you know drinks with umbrellas i mean they they're really they have to work on themselves and they have to really evolve and make some decisions karmically about mistakes they made because when we come here we have a map we have our we have our main hit points okay we're you know main things but then there's other things that we have free will that then kind of alter our path. And so it's really, it's important that we really, you know, that we really, you know, atone for. One way we can do that is by coming through and apologizing and saying, you know, I'm sorry I did this. I didn't realize I did that. I I didn't realize that was so hurtful to you because when we go to the other side, we really do have a full life review. And we really, um learn about things that we even small things that we might not realize their implication we realize the significance of something that we that we that we went through. we realize the, the that we you know we we realize the impact we have on other people so that that's when we you know we come through and sort of say to someone hey i i was cruel that can really help that person, and it, it's healing, and it's all about you know forgiveness. So it's a real positive.
0: Well, thank you for joining us tonight. I mean, you're doing great work, my friend. Much appreciate you coming on the show tonight. The book is called Never Argue with a Dead Person. Never Argue with a Dead Person. True and unbelievable stories from the other side. Thomas John, the Manhattan medium, has been on the show tonight. He's been our guest, www.nightfrightshow.com. Just click on tonight's guest book cover. That'll take you right to a spot where you can get his books. And also, of course, my good friend Kelly Logue. Thank you from the bottom of my heart who maintains the website. Um, He's up in Juneau, Alaska. We'll be putting all the links to uh, Thomas's website as well on our website, www.nightfrightshow.com. Thank you so much, Thomas, for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. I'm Brent Holland from Night Fright. See you all next time. Inside the Oval Office to Davy Plaza. First person witness accounts. Order yours right now. Nightfrightshow.com